the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. News, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finance, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800-516-1220. So call in. We'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now to start your day with the latest news and market commentary. Here's Rob Black on the Bay Area's business leader, 1220 KDOW. Welcome in. Good day. Happy October 28th. Hopefully you've got your costume all figured out for the impending Halloween haunting season. Uh, Something our economy spends an enormous amount of money on. Halloween. It is kind of like a back to school. Kind of like a Christmas. It stimulates our economy. It's something that we look at. Something that we think of. So Wall Street seems to be holding off on profit taking right now. We're in earnings season, which is better than being in government watch season, only because Wall Street ultimately runs and thrives off the economy, which runs and thrives off profits. So hearing government argue is not necessarily going to get us too far. The SP 500 is up fractions for the day after opening weaker. The Dow Jones Industrial Average is down 20. Again, a component of 30 stocks put together, not necessarily the best read on the economy, but yet still a read on the economy. NASDAQ's down three points for the day. Um, Gold down fractions, 10-year treasury, something that I think shocked a lot of Americans the last couple of weeks as we went from 2.9% on the 10-year treasury to 2.5%, thus keeping the Home Depots and the home investment plays, mortgages or um, companies that are tied towards housing. Very much so, still alive and well. Joining me now, I want to bring in a guest, Greg McBride, Senior Financial Analyst at Bankrate.com. That's uh, Greg McBride. Bankrate.com is one of those sites that has a plethora of information that will help you, the consumer, learn a little bit more about everything from credit cards to mortgages, and in this case, the economy. How are you, Greg? Good morning, Rob. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. I'm a big fan of Bankrate.com for years and years and years. Feels very, very non-biased. Consumer financial information. I appreciate that. That's the goal. Uh, but but I appreciate your kind words and nice introduction. Okay, first time I've had you on. Can you give me a little background on Bankrate.com and the other sites that you operate? Sure. Uh, Bankrate.com uh, is a personal finance website, and we operate. Uh, Bankrate operates a network of of different personal finance websites. Uh, we have uh, CreditCards.com. We have a couple of different insurance. Sites, uh, netquote.com, uh, most prominently, insurancequotes.com, um, all geared toward helping consumers with that all-important process of shopping around and finding the best deal for their wallet. Uh, at bankrate.com, uh, we really cover sideline to sideline uh, the entire scope of personal finance, the idea of uh, giving consumers the tools and information that they need 
to get the, make the best decisions with their money, whether it's reading current articles, using our free calculators, or uh, utilizing the search engines that we have that help you find the best deal on a mortgage or car loan or money market account, whatever, uh, in, in your area. Now, one of the most recent articles that kind of brought you to my attention and let's talk about it on air kind of angle was 72% of Americans are holding back on spending and we don't have an economy without people spending and no economy equals no stock market and it becomes problematic. Tell us a little bit more about the article that you recently penned. Sure, uh, and this comes from a, a monthly survey that we conduct called our Financial Security Index. Uh, each month we commission an outside research firm uh, to uh, survey consumers around the country with regard to how they're feeling on five core tenets of financial security. That's job security, savings, debt, net worth, and overall financial situation. And then in addition to that, we also pepper in other topical-type questions. Uh, this month, we, we asked the question about whether or not people were holding back on their spending each month, and if so, why? Um, and as you alluded to, Rob, the results I think were pretty revealing. 72% uh, of consumers are, in fact, holding back on their spending, which helps explain why we have this slow-growth economy. Uh, and, and I think even more significantly were the reasons why. Uh, the, the top three reasons people cited as to why they're holding back on their spending each month were their incomes are stagnant, they need to save more money, or they're worried about the economy. It's that third one, that worried about the economy, I think was really kind of came to the fore uh, earlier this month when the poll was conducted because at the time the government was shut down and we were still uh, closing in on that debt ceiling deadline. So a little bit more inside of this is uh – you know, your security index. Tell us a little bit more about a security index. How are we supposed to read that? Is it relevant? Give us a little more insight, Greg. Yeah, we've been doing this uh, about three years now. Uh, and, and the way we do that on those, those five core tenants is for each of those, we say, okay, relative to a year ago, are things now better? Are they worse? Or are they about the same? Uh, and uh, 2013 had actually been a, a, a turning point in the sense that we really started to see consumers start to feel a sense of progress with regard to financial security. We actually went six consecutive months where uh, people had people said that their, their readings were indicative of improved financial security over the year prior. We hadn't seen that at any point in the previous three years. We'd never been able to string together more than two months in a row. We had six months in a row. I think most significantly the real group, the demographic group that really turned the corner were those middle and upper middle income households, households with income of fifty to $75,000 a year, they were the ones that, are, as, as 2013 unfolded, started to increasingly say, yeah, I'm, I feel like I'm making some progress uh, in, in terms of financial security. Unfortunately, we, we seem to really have slipped here in the month of October. Uh, and again, I think a lot of that might be temporary, tied to the government shutdown and the worries about the debt ceiling. Uh, but job security in particular uh, plunged to a two-year low. People all of a sudden weren't feeling too warm and fuzzy with regard to job security. And, again, that was a complete 180 from where we had been, not only as recently as September, but pretty consistently throughout the year. Speaking with Greg McBride, Senior Financial Analyst at Bankrate.com, talking about Americans and their feelings, so to speak. Let me turn slightly odd with you on this one. Is Do we trust other people and their feelings on the economy? I.e., I know it's tough out there, but it's not tough for me. It's not tough for my lifestyle. I'm spending as much as I've ever spent, um, being forced to, so to speak, in the Bay Area. Um, do you trust 
studies where you're asking people, how do you feel? Because I think most of us feel bad for our neighbors, but we feel okay about what we're currently doing ourselves. It's really interesting, Rob. You know, there's always been this disconnect between what people say and what people do. And that's okay. sort of really always been the knock on consumer confidence surveys, uh, particularly in years past when the economy was better, that you know, people would voice concern, but then what would they do to console themselves? They'd go out to the mall and spend a bunch of money. So it, there was always this disconnect. However, uh, really in the past few years, ever since the Great Recession, I think there's been a much closer correlation. We do see that consumers' uh, feelings really tie very closely to what we're seeing in the economy, uh, what you know, we're seeing with regard to even the equity markets, that you know, a lot of the headlines really have the, the uh, effect of, undermining how consumers feel, and given that we still have this prevalent problem of long-term unemployment and, and, you know, so many people are scared to death of the stock market, that uh, those headlines, I think, have a much greater impact, pocketbook impact, on people than we've ever seen in the past. People are now more inclined to, you know, when in doubt, they're just going to hold tight and not spend, um, as opposed to, to you know, prior to the Great Recession when, you know, people just they, they spent themselves crazy and then some borrowed to, to, to sustain a lifestyle. Uh, you know, things have changed in that regard. People, I think, are still very gun-shy relative to what we saw in 2008. Thanks very much. That's Greg McBride, Senior Financial Analyst, Bankrate.com. If you've never been to Bankrate.com, I highly suggest you go. Um, if you need a new credit card, they have credit card calculators that show you the pros and cons of what you're getting yourself into as far as a relationship. Um, there's just a veritable plethora of good, solid, unbiased notes there. Uh, you should take a look. That is bankrate.com. It's bankrate.com. We'll take a break here. You're listening to Rob Black and your money. You can find me online at robblack.com. That's a Bloomberg Market Minute. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW. Reading recently about a deal that AMC Networks did to buy Liberty Media's Cello Media for $1.03 billion. Cello Media. If you didn't grow up overseas, you have no clue what the heck they are. Europe, Latin America, media outlets. So... They've got well-established, strong assets, and they want to push them internationally, trying to secure a global platform. CBS has done this recently. Um, HBO, TBS, TNT, CNN. It's kind of interesting to note. It's not something to jump up and down about. It's not the story of the day. Um... Yeah, you get it. I think you could see what is acquisitions in the United States. States you've seen um, consolidations of the United States with um, media properties. So some of the partnerships will be unwound that Telemedia has in place. Some of them will stay in place. 
But I, I think it's an interesting story saying that, you know, the S&P 500 is a lot of large cap, blue chip kind of names that you used to say are American companies. But you can't really say that anymore. You can't really say a media company is an American company anymore. And more and more we're seeing our movies kind of being hijacked by Hollywood to include, oh, and the Transformer robot's going to make a quick scene drop-in in China. Oh, Bruce Willis is going to have to stop by the Louvre to stop the big crime. Oh, Tom Hanks, international jet setter, multiple locations in European airports. Like, more and more storytelling is really about trying to include everything to everybody because there's big dollars involved. I don't know. I'm just throwing it out there for you. Talking about some of the big stories of the day, talking about what's moving Wall Street and why. Um, super appreciate everyone who donated a phone this weekend. I've decided that not only am I going to continue this product, this charitable drive, but in Wednesday, I think I'm going to do three Black Wednesdays uh, leading up to Christmas to do come meet and greet, have a couple beers, kind of get-togethers in the month of December. And all I ask is bring a phone if you want to bring a phone. Um, so, yes, I am accepting phones as a fundraising idea. Um, got a whole handful. Kind of learned a little bit. A lot of people have got some old, old, old flip phones. Nothing wrong with that. Uh, with that set, you know, if you look through your doors. If you have any phones, you know, I'm going to help recycle them. And you can either send them to my radio or television Stations. You can learn more by emailing me at rob at robblack.com. It's rob at robblack.com. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. And if you ever have questions, I try my best to answer, as long as they're not um, something that I legally can't answer. I don't do taxes, for instance. Apple's going to be the most widely anticipated after the Bell Report today. Hartford Financial, Norwegian Cruise Lines, Nutrisystems, and Seagate also on the schedule. We're still in earnings season. All things digital report this morning that Facebook has decided not to launch video ads this year. Instead, the social networks can take more time to evaluate the idea. I think their future, their short-term future, you know, is very crucial to boosting mobile. And if they can boost mobile slowly, steadily, with growth numbers, and they wait to drop the video ad bomb, and to get more people being more sticky for their product because they don't feel like they're getting commercialized... Maybe it makes sense to delay. It's too early for me to say. I'm just not that smart. I will say that I think mobile is doing very, very well. And today when Apple reports the numbers, we're going to pay attention. We're going to pay attention to not necessarily how Apple's doing with their OS or their blah, blah, blah. We're going to pay attention to China. We want growth. And we're going to pay attention to mobile devices. We want growth. We kind of know the PC market's stagnating. We kind of know that Apple's stealing from their own PC market. So we want to see mobile growth, mobile devices. And yeah, it'll be nice to hear about iRadio, and yeah, it'll be nice on a couple of these things. But, yeah. It's an interesting day because it's a negative day on Wall Street. And I've got a list of stocks in front of me that I'm looking at, and... Uh, Facebook's down 2%. One of the more interesting ones, I'm seeing a lot of red, is McDonald's up. And there's a horribly boring story about McDonald's cutting Heinz. 
uh, their stores, and Heinz CEO at one point in time was a Burger King member, still is on their board. Not Heinz CEO, but ex-Burger King CEO is now working with Heinz, and so they're going to get a hunt. And you look at the actual reality of it, it's not that big of a deal because they're only in two states anyway in the United States. But, I don't know, people still want to talk about this kind of stuff. Petrobras, PBR, doing very, very well today, up over 2%. Uh, in a market that's down, you look for winners, or you try to. It doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to find them. To get your calls in the air, it's 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. One of the things that I noticed at this weekend seminars was... A lot of people think they're ready for retirement, and they're not. Be very, very cautious retiring too early in life. Um, I'm preparing a set of seminar speeches for millennials, for Generation Xers, and for baby boomers. And for the millennials, I want to say, hopefully you have one and a half times your salary saved already. I'm going to say you're all 30. For the Generation Xers the number goes higher. And for the baby boomers, the number goes to, hopefully you've got 10 times your salary saved. Because uh, people like benchmarks. And that's a pretty important benchmark to look at. How much have you saved? Because realistically speaking, I'm a little disappointed. I've seen more people who shouldn't retire, who are thinking they're close to retiring. And that's going to end badly. To get your calls in the air, it's 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. J.P. Morgan Chase reached a $5.1 billion settlement with the Federal Housing Finance Agency, tied towards the sale of mortgage-backed securities. General Motors has outsold Toyota during the first nine months of the year. That's interesting because for you know 70 years, GM was the king. They gave up the crown to Toyota. Toyota had a tsunami issue. They gave the crown back to GM only to take it back in a relatively short amount of time. BlackBerry shares are being watched. Software maker SAP, CFO, Werner Brock, told a German magazine that SAP has no interest in bidding for the smartphone maker. Now, that could just be playing poker. Or it could be true. That's why you never invest with ifs and buts. You can find me online at robblack.com. It's robblack.com. Find me on Twitter, Rob Black Show. Find me on YouTube, Rob Black Show. We'll take a break here. We'll come back, talk financial planning, talk investing, talk markets, talk breaking news of the day, talking investing concepts that you've got to know. Talk to you shortly. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW and iHeart Radio Station. Interesting insight into the economy. Spending on hotel spa services rose 5%. Year over year, you're like, okay, that's out of context. Let me put it in context for you. 
You check into a hotel, you pamper yourself with a massage. Spending on hotel spa services up 5%, right? Massages, skin care, personal training. By comparison, the sale of food and drinks grew only 2.3%, to the point that some hotels are stopped doing room service. Is that a sign of the economy or a sign of changing trends in people's, you know, desires, per se? To get your calls in the air, it's 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Stock reversals. One of the more shocking things that I saw at the event this weekend was a guy who refused to get off the concept of, if the market goes out for three days, should I get out? Because the trend is developing. What the hell are you listening to? Like, who's giving you thoughts? Markets normally go down three times a lot in the year. Overall, the trend in investing is more positive than negative. The trend in investing is up 7 out of 10 years. Roughly 72% of the years, it's up. Now, again, one down year, it could take you two years to get back to all-time highs. Three years to get to all-time highs. We hit more all-time highs more often than we hit all-time lows. Percentage-wise, egregiously so. And yet some people are a little freaked out, and I guess I get it. You know, I'm, I'm not going to tell you not to be freaked out. To get your calls in the air, it's 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. What's on your financial mind? You tell me. Let's talk about it. The S&P 500 up fractions. The Dow's down 13. NASDAQ down 6. Joining me now, CFP Chad Burton. You can find him at newfocusfinancial.com. He manages wealth for clients, newfocusfinancial.com. Let's talk a little bit of mutual funds. And maybe let's take the angle of the introductory to a mutual fund. What do we need to know? Well, I think it's a matter of comparing apples and apples. Okay. Um, You know, with the whole idea of index investing and John Bogle from Vanguard, um, people got almost too fee sensitive. I mean, it's very important to look at fees when it comes to mutual funds, but people look at a large cap fund and see, or an an ETF, which now has four basis points. So four tenths of 1%, you can invest in the entire market through things like iShares. Yeah. Um, and so then they look at an international fund and see fees of around 1% or more, and they think, oh, I'm not going to touch that international fund. No. The issue is is that yeah, that international funds are already just going to have higher fees because you, you want boots on the ground in those countries that they're investing in. You want to have the analysts know the companies, visit the management, things like that. So there's already more cost. So fees, when you look at the returns, especially if you're using Morningstar.com as a tool, the returns are net of fees, so you have to realize that. Sometimes you get what you pay for when it comes to fees. So what I like to concentrate on, what I always talk about, is when I'm investing in a broad sh- stroke of large-cap U.S. stocks and large-cap or um, in mid-cap U.S. stocks, that's where I really, really like to use index funds or ETFs, right? Um, or if I'm in a positive market for bonds where interest rates are steady and or coming down and all bonds look fairly attractive – Index funds or ETFs are a good way to go there. When it comes to small cap international emerging markets or any alternative investments, you can, if you do the homework, find the funds that outperform the indexes. And what I mean by that is if you look at a, an index that's in you know, China, for example, a lot of times you look at that index and say, really, I don't want to own all of those companies that are in that index. I want a manager to be much more specific. So that's why I think managed funds and small cap 
international emerging markets make more sense than index funds. Can I slow you down a bit? Sure. What does return net of fees mean? Well, so when you're seeing a return, um, you know, let's say you look at an a international index fund, like the MSCI index, and the return is 16%, but you see a managed mutual fund where the return for 2012 was 15 or 16% or 17, 18%, it, those returns are showing you net of the fees. It's your real return. Okay. Um, so it has the fees built in. The fees are built into the return. and But people still, they look at the return and then they see the fees. Even though the return is lower, they say, oh, the fee's much lower, so I'm going to buy that fund. That's not necessarily the right thing to do. It's a bad way to shop. Yeah. Yep. Uh, shopping on price tag alone, sometimes you get lower quality. No, shopping on the way, the, the real way to shop for managed mutual funds, too, is is you look at you know three, five, and 10-year average returns. Yep. And then you look at consistency. You look at... Items like know what standard deviation means. If a fund has this, two funds have the same uh, longer-term returns, look at the standard deviation. The one with the lower standard deviation has more consistency, less volatility. Um, and then look at how long the manager's been there. Make sure the manager or the management team has been in place for the length of the track record. Um, because too many funds change when they get a new person at the helm. And it's interesting for me to look at 10-year returns in large part because you're just, you, you fired today, you're like, one, three, five, ten years. To me, ten years means, how did it do after 9-11? How did it do with Bush's president? How did it do with Obama's president? How did it do with uh, the 2008 market correction? How did it do with their recovery? Did it, out, did it outperform in good times? Did it underperform in bad times? Like, I need to know this stuff, or at least I need to think about it so I know I'm educated going into a, a purchase. Yeah, and you need to see... What happened? Did they make big bets to get the returns? In other words, you want to look at the funds and, and realize what their you know, annual holdings tend to be. They report to you on a quarterly basis, and if you start seeing too much weight in a certain sector where they're trying to make big bets to make up for mediocre returns, that's when you get a little bit wary of the fund and say, okay, well, they're, they're just trying to catch up and they're taking on too much risk. What do we need to know about alpha and beta of mutual funds? Well, Beta is how how much risk well how much movement you're going to have versus whatever index is following. So if you have a large cap fund and it has a beta of one, if the market moves up five percent, your fund's probably going to move up five percent. If it moves down ten percent, your fund's probably going to move down ten percent. Beta of less than one means it it moves a little bit less. So as the closer you get to retirement, the more you want to pay attention to the beta because you want exposure in those areas, but you want lower beta, lower volatility because you're drawing on your portfolio typically. Uh, dividend-paying stocks that increase their dividends have a little bit lower beta in the long run. That's why you focus more on that towards retirement. Alpha is a measurement of are you being compensated for the extra risk that you're taking. So when you can run a portfolio through, say, Morningstar, and you're overweighting in small-cap, mid-cap, emerging markets and taking on more risk, are you truly being compensated for that risk? And that's important, the, the more money that you have. That's CFP Chad Burton. You can find him online at newfocusfinancial.com. He manages wealthy clients. You can learn more information about him at newfocusfinancial.com. So here's an odd story for you to cap that odd story. You can now tweet a free cup of Starbucks coffee to anyone. Okay, Twitter and Starbucks are in the story, right? All you got to do is at, tweet, at, tweet, a coffee to then put at that other Twitter person like for instance I got a Twitter account Rob Black Show 
And they'll immediately get a $5 Starbucks e-gift card. First, you have to link up the Starbucks and Twitter accounts, of course. It's limited to just $5 gift cards at this time. To entice people to try it out, the first 100,000 Visa customers who tweet an e-gift card before November 6 will also get a $5 credit for themselves. That's a pretty good deal. You can tweet me a cup of coffee and get a f- gift back to yourself of 5 bucks. It could be between close friends. It could be between people you want to meet. It could be a date. The possibilities of who you can contact and share a cup of coffee with or contact and say thank you, it's pretty impressive. I'm not asking for that. Trust me, I'm just saying. It's interesting to know. So Burger King changed the way they do business. They went from a corporate store business model to a franchise business model. Their costs dropped 90%. Their profits screamed higher. But revenue also fell due to that. China is poised to surpass the United States. Get this. On business travel. There's one thing you know about Americans is that we do our business travel, right? Um, China does it more. And what's interesting to note, we're only eighth on the list of destinations for China business travel. Most of their business travel stays within Asia. This is so crazy of a growth story that they've had to double or triple the capacity of their airports. And they're building 100 new airports over the next decade. So if you want a business trend, you potentially would go figure out who builds airports in the world. Who gets the deals? Is there one radar detector? Is there one tower maker? Is there one you know, security check company? Is there one? Is there anyone who's going to benefit from this? It's worth taking a look at, right? General Motors outsold by Toyota during the first nine months of the year. BlackBerry not being looked into, being taken over by SAP. So says SAP CFO. You can find me online at robblack.com. It's robblack.com. Find me on Twitter, Rob Black Show. YouTube, Rob Black Show. I hope you're doing well. Any questions you have, any insights you need, drop me an email. I've got a great list of Warren Buffett quotes that's worth looking at so you can become a better investor. If you want a copy, drop me an email, rob at robblack.com. Are you waiting to go in? Welcome back in. Rob Black and your money on Rob Black. I started to get into this topic a little bit earlier about this weekend. I was a little surprised by how many people think they can retire on four hundred, five hundred thousand. I was a little surprised that someone will say out loud, "Should I sell the market? Should I sell my four hundred one k before the market goes down if it has three bad days in a row?" I'm like, "Who are you listening to? Like, who put that idea in your head?" I'm surprised by how many people think there's really a crystal ball out there. I'm really surprised by it. I'm surprised by how many people think half a million dollars is a lot of money to retire on. It's not. You need 10 to 20 times your salary before you can even consider it. 20 if you have a spouse, do you have some, some expensive years? 10 if like you're really tight with money and want to live tight with money in your retirement years. 
800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. Thing you want to talk about, we can talk about. Solar power and keg stands have one thing in common. Walmart wants to profit from them. In a race for commercial solar power, Walmart is killing it. Now, you can go into a Walmart on any given day and see just horrible, horrible misuses of what they're trying to do. Like, you'll go in the fresh fruit area and see that, you know, they don't have all that much fresh fruit. And you're like, I thought I was going to get fresh fruit here. But Walmart's killing it in the world of solar. Walmart's converting more sun into energy than 38 U.S. states. In the beer department, Walmart recently decided alcohol was good business. They vowed to double sales by 2016. 500 reps from the alcohol industry converged on Sam's Club Auditorium in Bentonville, Arkansas, for an adult beverage summit. They're even selling kegs in the garden center. With solar, Walmart has the same industry-focusing presence that it has with booze. It's got a lot of power muscle. The company redefines global supply chains. It crunches cost reductions in just about every area it touches. More than 80 publicly traded companies rely on Walmart for 10% or more of their annual revenue. When they find an idea like solar, they go big with it. They have solar street cred. A 40% surge in installations through the second quarter. Walmart now draws on 89 megawatts of capacity. Number two on the list of solar capacity, Costco, followed by Kohl's, followed by Apple, Ikea, Macy's, Johnson & Johnson, McGraw-Hill, Staples, and Campbell's. But Walmart has a lot of room to grow. Green power accounts for just 4% of the company's electricity use. Ikea, the world's biggest home furnishing retailer, is taking a solar step as well. Solar's doing very, very, very well. There's not a lot of money to be made in solar at this point in time. Why do I say that? Because the companies that are doing solar, manufacturing, are killing each other with costs. Eight hundred five one six twelve twenty. It's eight hundred five one six twelve twenty. Anything you want to talk about? We can talk about pending home sales. Fewer Americans in forecast. Signed contracts to buy previously owned homes in September. That's the fourth straight month declines as rising mortgage rates slowed momentum in the housing market. The index pending home sales slumped 5.6%. That exceeded all analyst expectations. The biggest drop in more than three years. So the housing recovery seems very fragile when put in context next to interest rates. Mortgage rates last month reached two-year highs, and some homeowners are reluctant to put properties up for sale as they wait for prices to climb, leading to tight inventories. Those forces are pushing some would-be buyers to the sidelines and slowing the pace of the recovery. It's interesting to watch. To get your calls in the air, it's 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. Head out. Yellow jacket nest removed from my property last week, and there's still like 20 to 50 of them that I could see, so I think there's more. I bring that up because one of the things you could do as a homeowner to improve your value of your home is to maintain it. 
I clearly let a bush get out of control. And Yellow Jacket said, hey, that looks like a safe place to nest. And they did. Now, by removing the nest, I probably got 90% of them. It was a big problem. Now it's just a problem. So it looks like there was either a second queen or a second nest buried deeper into it. Homeowners, it's kind of funny, I met some teachers this weekend. and I'm like, you know, I love you. I wanted to give the teachers a hug. They came to the Money 101. I said, stay for the, the wealth preservation. Why do I love teachers? Well, first and foremost, good-looking, attractive. Second, they help home properties. I know that's an odd concept for you to think about, but if you live in a good school district and you don't have kids, you're like, oh, I'm paying all these property taxes for schools and I don't have kids. But those kids that are in your neighborhood, if they're getting good grades and they're getting good test scores, they're helping keeping your property values higher on the square footage level. Anyhow, some big companies reporting earnings today. Apple probably the biggest reporting after the market. Herbalife is also going to report. Herbalife is one of those companies that people say multi-level marketing. It doesn't seem to stick. And then you see like a a group of Spanish Americans or Mexican Americans protesting Herbalife for the way they have a multi-level marketing approach and the way they hurt people who are their business partners. I.e., if you want to become a distributor, it's going to cost $500 to process your distribution um, application. Then you're going to have to buy the inventory. But you'll make back, you know, 3% of all sales. And if you sign anyone up, you'll get... Uh, anyway... 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. You can find me online at robblack.com. It's robblack.com. Want to follow me on Twitter? It's Rob Black Show. YouTube, Rob Black Show. I'm going to be at that Income Property Expo this week on Wednesday if you want to stop by. I don't know. Stop just dreaming about a brighter future. Go after it. If you're a technical thinker with the ambition to pursue your education, look to a leader in management, owners, or advertisers, and should not be concerned. Your money, your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finances, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800-516-1220. So call in, we'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now, to start your day with the latest news and market commentary, here's Rob Black on the Wall Street Business Network. Welcome in. We're Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black. Talk all things financial. Money invested in more. Interesting stuff going on out there. Um, we're in, we're more than halfway through earnings season. And all things considered, I'm good with it. It hasn't been the best. It certainly hasn't been the worst. SP 500's positive for the day. Up one point. The Dow down 13. The NASDAQ down 7. All indices have played lower, played higher. Gold up fractions, no story there. Ten-year treasury sits at 2.5%, no story there. I think 
the angle that a lot of people are trying to see is what's going to happen at the beginning of the year with our government, what's going to happen at the beginning of the year with health care costs. It's a pretty significant issue to tackle. The world economy is softening a bit. There's no doubt about it. There's always a chance of another recession. Recessions happen. They're normal. It's been six years since the last recession started. They tend to come along with some regularity every six to eight years. Congress is unable to get things done. Will they be able to respond if there is a recession? Last recession, we did something where we stimulated the U.S. consumer by giving them checks. Basically, $254, which most people spent on garbage and things that they don't care about. So, next year, the likelihood of a business cycle slowdown is relatively small. But when you factor in the fact of healthcare mandates, meaning Americans have to have healthcare, how much they're going to cost. I've seen some scenarios already where some people have lost their coverage and they have to go out and get their own coverage and they find out that it's more expensive. Most Americans think that Obamacare is not really helping at this point, even though it's been implemented in some slow rollouts. Only one in ten uninsured Americans say Obamacare is helping improve their health insurance situation. Hundreds of millions of dollars are being spent to promote Obamacare. 47% of uninsured Americans say they don't know where to get information on how it's going to affect them. Even though hundreds of millions of dollars are being spent to promote it. 64% of the uninsured say that they're more curious about Obamacare now that the exchange is open. 38% of uninsured Americans feel more negative about Obamacare now than they did a year ago. These numbers are pretty dramatic, and a lot of people don't realize, and I've got a friend who's in college, or I know someone who's in college is a better way of saying this, so but I don't mislead you. I know someone who's in college who um, I was like, she works as a nanny, she goes to college, she's done multiple jobs, multiple times, kind of thing, like paying her way through. And she doesn't know that she has to pay for her own health care. As a nanny, she's kind of off the grid, taking money in cash. Okay, what do we talk about at this point in time? First and foremost, the market has had a big run in a short amount of time. Everyone knows that when that happens, we're vulnerable. In 13 sessions on Wall Street, the past 13, the market's up 6.3%. So as we come out of earnings season... We should say, okay, okay, I guess we got Christmas coming up and retail sales and maybe some light volume. We got that government thing coming up in January and February and March. We got the Obamacare. We should probably have a, a pullback. Am I willing to bet that it'll happen? No. Apple's a big part of the SP 500, and if they have blowout, it can carry them to the SP 500. It'll say, get on my back. I'll take you where you need to go, S&P 500. Apple's projected to post profit of $7.94 per share. That's down 8.4% from last year, but they just debuted their 5S, so we'll get some information about how well that's going. Apple's done very well in the last 13 sessions. You know, I told you the market's up 6.8%. They're up 9.4%. So they need to deliver, or you're going to see a material setback in the stock. They need to 
put on their postman hat and deliver. Limited participation in the European session as some severe storms at the UK. They're saying the worst storms in a decade, and I don't really know what that means. Disappointing pending home sales report for September out there today. It's weighing on home builders. Some strength in consumer staples, energy, healthcare, telecoms. So some very defensive weighted market today. Things that you have to eat, things that you have to have, energy, healthcare, and your wireless device. I need, I need. Can you imagine living life without a cell phone? Anyhow, I guess you can't. 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. You want to talk about what you talk about? Um, I'm trying to see if there's any other great big stories out there. Dendrian? They're looking for a possible buyer. I've known Dendrian for almost 20 years, 15 plus years. It's a biotech company. And I dated a researcher who you know, did some tests on monkeys, some Reese monkeys with Biogen's product. They want to try to figure out how to soften your arteries. Once they've hardened, you ultimately get a heart attack, it breaks, blood flows out, you die. Or blood flows where it's not meant to flow. And this is one of those biotech companies that had a great story, but they never had great earnings. And now they're basically finished. Blackberry is on the list of stocks to watch today. The CFO of SAP said, we have no interest in BlackBerry. Of course he's going to say that. You're playing poker. I might not have a good hand. I'm all in. But I might not have a good hand. Ten, ten, wink, wink, that's time. poker. Get what I mean? General Motors outsold by Toyota during the first nine months of the year. Toyota sold 7.4 million vehicles. J.P. Morgan Chase. They've reached a $5.1 billion settlement with the Federal Housing and Financial Agency. All interesting stories, but nothing to get terribly excited about. Twitter's prepping for the roadshow. IPO's coming in a little over two, three weeks. I know. It's tough to get excited, right? That's something I guess we have to look forward to. Lifetime brands getting ready to go ex-dividend soon. It's interesting to know about Lifetime brands. Like, Do you even know who they are? Probably not. Dividends, typically, are not always predictable. But we want to pay attention to them. Um, and the consistency that they're paid out. To get your calls in the air, it's 800-516-1220. I don't know if you were watching the World Series last night, but Fox blew it. In the ninth inning with two outs, man, and on first base. Chance to stroke a home run. And uh, Fox has got the camera on a, a St. Louis fan, female, fairly good looking, distressed, and the game's over. There was a pickoff play to first base, and they got the batter, and Fox missed it. Oops. The night before, they had some problems as well. To get your calls in the air, it's 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. You can find me online at robblack.com. It's robblack.com.
Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Welcome in, Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about. Anything you don't want me to talk about, let me know. Keep in mind, I've kind of got a pretty hard format on the show. The first segment, I typically talk market news, business headlines. Um, as the show goes on, I stretch it a little bit to financial planning, then into some strategy, and finally into a recap. But if there's content that you really want to know, let me know. Like, I think I continue to stun people on what I think is important to look at as far as how much do you have. I'm going to be speaking with some millennials coming up. And some doing a lot of research right now. And it's interesting to note, you know, one of the things I'm going to say is a lot of you have put off marriage, according to statistics. So, therefore, a lot of you don't have kids, and yet the statistics say... Women today still want 2.3 kids. I know you're saying, I don't want the point three. You can keep that one. But eventually it's going to happen. Just because you can delay the urge to have a family or to start a family, more than likely you're going to put that plan into action. It's out there. It's one of those concepts that we have to deal with. Now, it, what's interesting is the Bay Area is a very expensive area. And a lot of people want to have children, right? Sure. Let's combine those two concepts. It's an expensive area to afford the home that you want to live in. Sometimes it takes two incomes. So that person who's working, who suddenly gets the urge to settle down and have a family, it's not that easy. Because suddenly you lose an income. You know, to get the home that you want... It's two and a half times your income. Are you good with that? If you lose one of those incomes, can you still have the home that you want? And have daycare or nanny care? Like, you can't just... Two salaries making 50000 pulls in 100000 That's good money. But rents are so high here. You know, 3000 to $4,000 a month. So... Buying the home that you want at 100000 you could afford really a $250,000 home, which in the Bay Area, good luck with that. You might be able to get a condo for that. You might be able to stretch yourself into it with a good down payment kind of thing. With that said, then you, know, you wanted the baby, and suddenly you're like two-bedroom, three-bath, or three-bedroom, two-bath, two-bedroom, one-bath. It's not going to... There's not enough space in your house to have a kid or a second kid or have a friend come stay with you. I know people that want to move so badly just so that their parents, when they visit the grandchildren, don't have to sleep on the couch. They want one extra room. And sadly, many people have to say, you know what, we can't really afford to sell our house and hope for another house to come on the market, so we're going to do a complete teardown. Or, I mean, that's... People are being put in the position of there's not enough inventory to get what they want. And if you get into a desired market, you can hold on to it because you can rent it for whatever you want. As people want in that market. 
I don't know. Is any of this making any sense? Um, I want to go pro camera. I want to take my life. I think saying, please, no, no. Anyhow, which one to talk about? 800-516-1220. Pending, home sales, pending sales of existing homes. Slumped. We kind of knew that was coming with the higher interest rates. Now they've pulled back. Will it reinvigorate? Maybe a little. But the truth is, the recovery has been put in place. The investors made some good money off of it. The average person found it tough to compete with the investor. So how much of a recovery was it? Toyota outsold GM in the first nine months of the year. Burger King's profit climbs as franchise and slashes franchise and slash 90% of their costs. So basically converted a lot of corporate stores into franchisees. Tesla reportedly delivered a Model S to mainland China for $410,000. The first Tesla Model S delivered to a customer in mainland China. It's a 24-year-old who runs a luxury wedding car rental service. Walking Dead's AMC Networks is buying Liberty Media's Cello Media for over a billion dollars, trying to get more international distribution. The world needs more zombies, apparently. <clears throat> and trying to get that worldwide distribution, you're seeing it from HBO, TBS, TNT, and CNN as well. So it's no big surprise. Merck's Genovia and animal health products slumped. Merck's just not growing. They're really not showing. Neither show nor grow. Whereas Bristol-Myers Squibb, they're doing okay. Um, Biogen, doing really good. So in that world, pharmaceuticals and biotechs, to figure out which company you want to own, first and foremost, you look at the stock market. Market continues to demand healthcare. When? Check. Then you look at the sector. As far as healthcare goes, uh, pharmaceuticals, competition, things come off patent, a lot of research and development. It's a pretty healthy environment. It's not, not, got, not got great sales growth. It's got some. Then you start looking at the individual companies, and it's really tough to make a case for Merck. Then you start looking at you know the future outlook. Those four things define valuation. If you've got a good stock market, you can say, hey, I'll push up the P a little bit more. If you've got a good sector, like defense right now is probably not the safest because a lot of people think budget cut sequestration issues. So you've got to pick everything very, very wisely and very, very carefully. And those last two factors, comparing the company to other companies, Merck is slashing prices. They're downsizing the Air HQ. They're not showing great new product sales or innovation. And their visibility going forward, it's okay. So some areas where you want the expansion of the PE, it's not there. It's tough to justify it then. 800-516-1220, anything you want to talk about, we can talk about money, investing, and more. Don't be shy. Take a look at the markets, ask me questions. <clears throat> Take a look at your own finances and ask me questions. Do you think I'm off base suggesting to potential millennials? Be careful thinking you're going to marry and have babies if you're both earning an income. Heartbreak for the Cardinals. 
800-516-1220. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about money investing more. You can find me online at robblack.com. That's robblack.com. New website starting up shortly. Listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW. Black and Your Money, I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Anything you want to hit, we can hit. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Got a lot of guests coming up this week. I have actually a road show. I'm going to be doing CFP Chad Burton's new Focus on Wealth show, Monday from 1 to 2, live at the Income Expo in San Mateo. If you want to stop by, drop off a cell phone. I'm collecting. Cell phones for charitable fundraising, Christmas holiday angle. Uh, would love to see you. Would love to say hello. Uh, take a uh, look. Okay, the Tesla story done. I don't know. It's tough to... It's nice watching the 49ers and Raiders yesterday. Taking a little time off to decompress after a big weekend seminar. SP 500 down 1. The Dow is down 21. The NASDAQ down 13. Joining me now, CFP Chad Burton. You can find him at newfocusfinancial.com, regular guest on the show. Today we're talking a little life insurance investment tip and estate planning tip. I like the tips. People like the tips. People like the easy, digestible content that Chad Burton throws out. So, well, my first tip when it comes to life insurance is uh, it doesn't work well as an investment. Okay. Now, that's one of the things insurance salespeople will do. They'll say, look, you get the insurance, but there's also an investment and a savings component, and you can borrow from it in the future. So there's a lot of bells and whistles in insurance. Well, yeah, right. But if somebody sells you life insurance as an investment before maxing out your 401K, contributing to a Roth, or doing a non-deductible contribution and converting it to a Roth if you're not eligible for a Roth, and they do a financial plan, and the first thing they do is sell you life insurance, they are awful planners. They are not fiduciaries. They should be upfront saying, I'm not a fiduciary. Don't use my services. This is essentially what they should do. Between you and me, though, Chad, I don't think the public knows that, and I don't think insurance people know that. I think insurance people are typically high school educated. I don't think they've got any sort of degree in economics. I don't think they have any sort of degree in, in investing, which is looking into the future, whereas insurance is worst-case scenarios. Yeah. So it is just a mixing of, of theories. You know, some of the favorite people I like to hire are certified financial planners that are recovering insurance people. Like they spent a good five, ten years selling insurance. Twelve-step programs. Realize that they don't like selling and they like financial planning, but they want to do it on a fee basis. They know a lot about that industry, which you have to know to be a good planner. You have to know how insurance works. When is it right? Ninety percent of the population needs to buy term life insurance and invest the difference. But there are specific t- reasons when you buy permanent life insurance. Like if you're doing pension planning, if you have a pension that's going to go away when you die or be cut in half for your spouse, you need you, term insurance isn't going to work. You need permanent. If you have an estate issue where, let's say you're a small business owner or own a lot of property, and you die, there's a huge estate tax bill sold or due when you die, and the only way to do it is to do a fire sale on the property or the business to pay the estate taxes. That's a problem, and that's when you need life insurance held in a trust or an irrevocable life insurance trust using permanent insurance. And in fact, right now, there's such gifting opportunities for wealthy people out there that they can gift a lot of money into a trust which buys the insurance, and they can cover their entire state tax bill because for 2012 and 2012 only, it looks like uh, you can gift up to $5 bucks 
out of your state while you're alive without paying any gift tax. So um, the issue is, is, you know, using life insurance as an investment, so many things can go wrong. They sell you this policy as an investment, right. you, showing you a ledger with great rates of return. They don't show you the other side of the ledger, which says, here's what happens if mortality expenses go up, overall expenses of the policy go up, the performance isn't good. Um, the fees can change after you buy the policy. And I've seen... And very early on, they don't, but midterm and long-term, they do. Oh, yeah. Right now, the stuff that was sold in you know the 90s is blowing up. Right. You know, they were sold showing 8 to 12% returns inside the investment side of the insurance policy, and that didn't happen, obviously, over the last decade. So these things are blowing up. People have put thousands and thousands of dollars into them, and they're becoming worthless. I'm with you, and uh, you know, raise your right hand. I, I, I am. I, I have term life insurance. Do you? I do. So we're financial professionals, and we've got term, and we invest the rest. So a lot of things can go wrong with the insurance product, and um, a lot of times with insurance products, Chad, the the commissions up front, whether it's an annuity product or a life insurance product, a lot of time it's take the money and run. It, it's a bad product. Initially, but once you have it, is it necessarily a bad product? Because the, the commission's already out of it for the salesperson and the company. Yeah, I mean, if you've got some of the older whole life policies from you know, Northwestern, New York Life, and they're the whole life good dividend paying ones, and you bought them, you know, prior to you know two thousands, then you've probably paid all the loads, and you can look at the cash value as kind of your emergency reserves. Right. Um, you've really got to look at it. If you're spending too much and you're not able to max out your 401k or save for your kids' college or other things and you've got these policies, you've got to get a, what's called an enforce illustration. Look at it and see when does the cash value equal the surrender value Yep. Um, to see when you're able to get out of it. And uh, you also have to look at the tax consequence because if you pull, if you surrender it and you're over age, under age 59 and a half and there's more money in it than what you put into it, Yep. It's a tax consequence with a 10% penalty like an IRA, so you might have to roll it over. So quick question for you, because we're starting to wrap up here. Um, when I was 17, I dated a girl who worked for a state farm insurance guy. Mm-hmm. She was like a secretary. She's pretty hot. Um, and my adult life, I've always used Geico and USAA, and they don't have insurance agents. They kind of have like an 800 number, call center number. Mm-hmm. Am I wrong for thinking, I don't really want an agent? I kind of would rather have a big company that gets me you know, volume, volume, volume discounts versus an independent agent who comes to my house and gets to know me. Yeah, I would say that's, that's again, true for about 90% of the population. Um, but I like it when people get all their stuff in one spot because it, it if you're going to get something from Geico, also get your umbrella insurance there. Don't try to piecemeal your stuff together with different you know discount places because you can end up making mistakes in, in values. And a lot of times to get umbrella, you have to have certain coverage on your auto and home, um, where it gets into play where you need a real good agent is if you're wealthy, you've got ranches, you've got various homes, and you need to make ranches. sure Seriously. Where you and horses. There, and certain types of coverage for, yeah. like, fire, like people in Morgan Hill, that kind of thing. You, you need different types of coverage. That's CFP Chad Burton. You can find him at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Um, taking a look at some of the top stories out there today, Apple's going to report numbers tonight. I think a lot of people are very intrigued by that. Um, how will their 5S do versus the 5C? Was the 5C a disaster? I think the 5S, restarting revenue growth, keeping margins intact, is an important story. I think the other important story is China. Um, how are they doing? Are they gaining any traction? 
there's stories out there like today, Samsung signed a deal with NBA to be used by the referees, by the teams, by the stadiums. Uh, $100 million deal. That's marketing clout. That's a pretty big boof. Let's go to a quick call. Let's go to Alex from San Jose. Alex? Hi, Rob. Thanks for taking my call. What you got? Hello? Go ahead. Oh, uh, I have a question regarding uh, pre-tax accounts. Aside from uh, IRA for individuals who are, as much know, I don't have a family yet, and uh, I'm looking to, you know, preserve some capital for sure. retirement. And once I, I already maxed out my IRA account, and that just, you know, pretty much disables me for Roth IRA, as I understand it. You're only allowed to contribute so much every year to tax-free retirement planning vehicles. Right. I would go tax-efficient investing if that's your next, uh, if you really want to be tax-efficient, which I think is your question, and thanks for the call. Um, you're not in a situation, thanks for the call, unless you're super wealthy, of saying, okay, maybe some sort of annuity is appropriate for me that's low-cost, low-fee, like an Ameriprise. Um, I would go for tax-efficient investing through a regular account. I would check with your provider to make sure that you've contributed max loads for your IRA, and that would exclude you from the Roth IRA. Um, I don't know if you have. I don't know what you've contributed or not contributed, and you didn't have the best phone signal, so I didn't keep you. Sorry about that. Um, but if you want to drop me an email, I can get, put that in writing for you, rob at robblack.com. It's rob at robblack.com. Let's go to Stephen from South Lake Tahoe. Hi, Rob. Uh, Hi, Stephen. My question is the effect of uh, the Affordable Care Act, Obamacare, uh, I just looked at my insurance. It looks like my current insurance, which I was paying about $600 a month for, um, that the Obamacare requirements, it looks like I'm going to keep paying more like $1,200 a month. And I was, the effect of that money, not just my money, of course, but other people's money, coming out of the system, I, I kind of see that as a drag on the economy. Just want to get your take on that. Sure. Um, I think it's going to be real. I think it's going to be problematic. Um, the Republicans now are positioning themselves to basically let the penalties hit people sooner rather than later so that we could all talk about the calamity of people being hit with penalties and people being forced to get health care that are relatively young and healthy that don't want to get health care. And, again, it's a problem. I see both sides of this argument. Um, I've seen a lot of individual people, um, individual contractors, who've covered their own insurance, they're getting hurt by the law. Um, that might be your situation. Um, how come you don't have a big corporation taking care of you, Stephen, out of curiosity? Uh, re- retired. retired. Okay. And I'm actually you know, fairly on the older side. I'm in the late 50s, so my insurance starts out pretty high. But I just see this as a lot of people have to get their own insurance, and if it's uh, you know, quite a bit more expensive than it was in the past, it's a drag on our economy, and if it's a drag on the economy, we're going to have... QE, QE2 or QE uh, infinity in terms of uh, the, the government keeping monetary uh, uh, you know, levels really really rolling by printing more money. So I don't see interest rates probably Thanks. going up for, for a few years yet. Thanks very much. You couldn't have said it better. We'll take a break. We'll be right back.
listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW and iHeart Radio Station. Tony Soprano when he died. Not Tony Soprano, but James Gandolfini, the guy who played Tony Soprano. You knew what I was trying to say. Died at age 51. Um, he made a mistake. He wasn't hiding money from the feds. Maybe he should have been. Federal and state tax collectors are going to pull in more than $30 million of his $70 million estate. In large part, he died early while vacationing. He probably didn't think he was going to die of a heart attack at 51. It's a financial disaster. In large part, because he didn't do some estate planning. Wealthy individuals and families looking to protect their estates from heavy tax burden, they face what, you know, right planning... estate planning tax strategies are. And they need to update those as circumstances change, and they change. As you get older, you get a little more complex. You know, for your estate plan, when you've got children under the age 18, that's fine, but when they turn over 18, you probably will have some different ideas of how you want your wealth handed out in case you kick the bucket. Anyhow, um, that's one story out there. Get the right estate planning. You know, I highly endorse... Uh, Michelle Lerman, I I think a lot of estate planners would be a a good fit for you. Uh, But if you have a house, you should have a trust in the state of California, period. Okay, second most disturbing story of the day. There's an alarming trend going on on YouTube. And this is something I find really, really just sick. Um, Maybe I'm at that sweet spot where I'm not too young and I'm not too old. Homemade YouTube videos where people take videos of themselves and they're asking the question, teenage girls, am I pretty or ugly? YouTube features almost 500,000 am I pretty or ugly videos. It starts with something like, hey guys, so says pretty girl, fidgets, tosses her hair. I've got an important question for you guys because I hear it a lot from my friends and my boys that I'm really pretty. And others say I'm really ugly. I just want to know the truth. This is crazy. The responses that people put, people say, like, you're ugly. Ew, ugly. Like, people are cruel. People are lascivious. They're racist. It's typical weird YouTube machinations. You know, I don't think we need to let people be weighing in on teenage girls of our society. I don't know. Just to me that we are in a weird age, to say the least. This information age is opening a whole can of worms that I don't think a lot of people are really prepared to understand the ramifications. So... 11 money lies that people need to stop telling themselves before they turn the big 3-0. People hate their job, and that's not okay. you got to stop saying that. People believe that if they don't open their 401k, it's okay. If they don't open up their statements, the finances will figure themselves out. Another lie people tell themselves, I should get married because it's the next step. There are very few people who could afford to live off their own salary in the society who are under the age of 30. Say so they hook up, they consider marriage, financially fitting their bills together. 
banks and bill collectors will get their way no matter what I do. And that's not true. A lot of people take out their first line of credit in their teenage years. They go into debt. You can negotiate debt. I did. I went I went $6,000 in college debt. That became 12000 I told them, all I have is 3000 cash, take it or leave it. They took it. Now, it hurt my credit. I had to pay taxes on the $9,000 that was forgiven. But you can negotiate. I don't suggest lying. I suggest being honest. But I know how people work. A lot of people in the Bay Area lie to themselves and they say, I should buy a house because that's what grown-ups do. And when you're a millennial, when you're under the age of 30, that's wrong. If you're in a position that you're going to be changing jobs often, no. You have to you know, figure out your debt-to-income ratio, gross monthly income, how much are you willing? How much can you service on a monthly basis? It has to be under forty-five percent, and your mortgage can't really be more than forty percent of your salary, and/or twenty-eight percent to be on the safe side. People in their twenties and thirties think I can dip into my savings now. I'll have plenty of time to make it up for it later. But no, the getting in early is where it compounds and works out well for you later, and taking out savings now ultimately hurts you because uh, you get taxed on it, too, and you get penalties. A lot of people don't think they're experienced enough to invest. Yes, you are. Go with diversified indexes. Go with a large cap, mid cap, small cap. Email Rob Black, and he'll get you uh, a thought. A lot of people in their 30s, you know, I'm getting ready to talk to millennials at a big company, and they're comparing their perks to perks at other tech companies. Like, I want to work for them because they got sleep pods. That's crazy. So you got to stop telling yourself lies. In your 30s, you can't wear the outfits that you wore in college. Like, even your clothing lies that you tell yourself. People think just because you get improved for a credit line that you can handle a credit line. That's not always necessarily true. A lot of people, right when they hit that age 30, they think, I want a baby. I want a baby. But babies are expensive. They cost over a quarter of a million dollars to raise. I'm Rob Black. Thanks for listening to the show. I wildly appreciate it. Find me online at robblack.com. It's robblack.com. Don't forget to listen to CFP Chad Burton today from 1 to 2. New focus on wealth. Friends and family. Exxon and Mobile can help you fuel those connections. Our gas. Three star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to, he understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.